Ever since the first tick-tock of time You brought order to a world undefined Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Our teaching team is made up of men and women who love asking probing questions of each week's scripture portion, to which our community responds with curiosity, courage, and a desire to expand in faith, hope, and love. We follow the Revised Common Lectionary, and we follow the church calendar, because they anchor us in something which can hold us, no matter what life throws our way. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. Cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. Hey folks, this is maybe a first. Uh, I am re-recording this sermon in my basement from Sunday, October 24th, because we our Zoom feed got knocked offline when we were doing this sermon live on Sunday the 24th, and so we missed half of the sermon. So someone asked me if I would consider uh, re-recording it in my basement. <laughs> And I said, why not? Uh, I actually love this sermon too, and I hope it's helpful. So I'm just going to try to re-record it without the benefit of any kind of folks listening. And so give me some grace if <laughs> it's not as lively, perhaps, as we're used to. The text com- comes from Mark 10, verses 46 through 52. They came to Jericho. As he and his... And his wow. As he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and to say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart. Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, my teacher, let me see again. Oh, I love that. Let me see again. Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. What a stark cry for help. This is a story about crying out for mercy when you're in a desperate situation. And then remember, many sternly rebuked him to be quiet. This is also a story that explores what it feels like to be silenced by the crowd when you cry out for mercy. Oh, maybe you've been there. Then Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? This is also a story about being heard and believed when you cry out for mercy. Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed Jesus on the way. This is a story about healing, 
about following and about changing. So how does it start? Well, unlike many scripture portions, this one is short, so we can take it step by step. It starts by naming where they are. Maybe you missed it when I read it a few minutes ago, but the story starts with four simple words that's easy just to roll right by unless you're looking for hints and clues to what the story is really about. And these four words are, they came to Jericho. They came to Jericho. And you can picture in your mind what it's like to arrive in a city. The question that it makes me wonder about is this, why is it important to start a story about healing by naming where you are? That was our first all play question. Why is it important to start a story about healing by naming where you are? Well, I think if you're going to look toward crying out for mercy, crying out for help, if someone's going to ask you, what do you want me to do for you? And you're going to name it out loud. Before you can name that thing that you want, before you can name that healing that you need, before you can even name anything and have it be really honest, it's important to name where it is that you really are, right? So what are you desperate for these days? Maybe it's a relationship that's causing you pain and you need to name that out loud. Where you are is you're in a relationship that's causing you pain. You're not sure what to do about it. You're not sure what you want even. Um, you're not sure what healing might look like or what change might look like, but you know that you know that you know, and it's time to name it, that you're in a relationship that's causing you pain. You don't have to fix it, solve it. You don't have to have the solution, but you do have to name where you are. They came to Jericho. Uh, maybe uh, you need to name that the lingering effects of COVID-19, and especially now, with the Delta variant uh, is really affecting your well-being in ways that is more is even harder somehow now than it was a year ago when we were all in lockdown. Maybe it's just maybe you have young kids and they still been able to be vaccinated yet, and that's freaking you out. Maybe uh, a loved one just got COVID and is sick. I have a friend whose wife has been sick for months uh, with COVID, just isn't getting better. Um, it's important to name where you are. I'm sick. I'm not getting better. Um, name before you can name what needs to change. You need to name where you are. And then this phrase, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. It's really interesting um, that that's what, that's what he cries out for. That's where he is. He's in a desperate situation. Um, and before he can say, I want to have my sight, he needs to say, first of all, uh, I, I need mercy. And mercy here is not forgiveness. That's not what this word means. Mercy here is a cry for kindness, a cry for compassion. Uh, things aren't going well, he's saying. I'm not doing okay. I need mercy. You know, and when you can be met with that cry, when you do finally cry out for help like that, I need kindness, I need compassion, 
I need love. I need not to be fixed, but to be cared for. I'm not doing well. Things aren't going well. When you cry out for, for, when you cry out for that mercy and someone really listens to you, I mean, doesn't that just feel that's just like, that is almost the miracle in and of itself, right? To get listened to. Oh, that's beautiful. The word is chesed in the Hebrew. It means goodness, kindness, faithfulness. I need chesed. And in the Greek, ilias uh, means kindness or goodwill toward the miserable and afflicted join with the desire to help them. I need mercy. But it's interesting, before this guy can be met by Jesus with that mercy, he gets silenced by the crowd. Oh, most of us know what this feels like. When you finally have the courage to name where you are, you finally have the, have the courage to say things aren't going well, then you get shamed, you get silenced. Uh, many sternly ordered him to be quiet. And the many here is the followers of Jesus. Oh my goodness. But here's what, here's how he shows his desperation. But he cried out even more loudly, son of David, have mercy on me. And that's when Jesus stood still and said, call him here. And they called the blind man saying to him, take heart, get up. He is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. I love that. Uh, then he, then Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? So once you've named your reality, once you've named just where you are, you don't know what needs to be fixed. You maybe don't even know what to ask for yet. Once you've named where you are, uh, then you can begin to nurture what it is that you need. Um, and my friend Becky Patton, our friend Becky Patton says, you cannot heal or change what you cannot name. It's important to name reality, right? Things aren't going well. Things aren't fine. Not okay. But after that, after you name where you are, like this, like this blind man, you have to name out loud what it is that needs healing or changing. You have to take that vulnerable step. And if crying out for mercy was vulnerable, I think naming what you actually need is even more vulnerable because you're opening yourself up for disappointment, right? What if you name it and it doesn't get fixed. It doesn't get healed. It doesn't do, nothing happens, right? Um, or maybe it feels selfish to even name it. Maybe you think, well, there are so many people who have so many problems that are worse than mine. How could I possibly, uh, I should just suck it up and deal with it. I mean, this thing that I'm dealing with is not that big of a deal, right? A lot of us feel that way, but it is a big deal. Your pain, your stuff is your stuff. Doesn't need to be bigger or smaller than anybody else's stuff in order to be valid, right? Uh, it's, it's so important to name your reality, name where you are. And then if you get met with kindness and if you get met with from God, from Jesus, what do you want me to do for you? Then it's really important to name out loud what what needs to change? What needs to be healed? My teacher, let me see again. It's one thing to name that things aren't as they should be, that you're not okay. It's another thing to find the courage to name, to name out loud to God and to others what needs to be healed or what needs to be changed. That's vulnerable. 
So the next all play question was this, what helps you to finally name out loud what needs changing or healing? What helps you to finally name out loud what needs changing or healing? And I'm trying to remember what some of the answers were because they were really powerful in the moment. Um, but it was things like when I see somebody else doing that work, when I see somebody else modeling that desperation, crying out for mercy, and then naming out loud what needs to be changed, what needs to be healed. Um, someone else said just experiencing that kindness, you know, that response when you cry out for mercy, when you name where you are, you haven't even named what you need yet. But when you get met with that compassion and kindness, when people don't say, oh, shut up, you know, or um, when people try to fix you, you know, and most of the time you're not going to get an I'll shut up. I mean, really, but there's lots of ways to be silenced. Um, some people kind of automatically without thinking go into a game where they go, oh, that's nothing. Listen to my problem, you know, and they don't even hear your issue. They don't even hear their problem because they see it as an opportunity to sort of one up you. Right. And and get um, get even even like as if to say my my problem is, is bigger than yours. And so that is, is one way to be silenced. Um, but when you get met with kindness and compassion, when someone just listens to you rather than judging you, oh, that 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 helps. That really helps to name out loud what needs changing or what needs healing. Um, and when you have an experience with the divine, uh, when, you, when you have an experience with the divine in a tangible way that in, in which you sense that the divine is present and willing to help you in your hour of need, uh, then that is really one of the major things that helps me. You know, I don't know exactly what it means to hear from God. I don't know exactly what it means to be cared for by God. But I have had moments in my life where I have cried out for mercy. I've named out loud what it is that I need. And maybe not in that exact moment, but soon after that, I, I get met with a sense of divine mercy, divine compassion. And that is very hopeful. Instead of judgment or wrath, no, we get met with a, a, like a good mother, a good mother who listens and stoops down to help her kids. That's the kind of picture of God that Jesus is painting. And even if you can't get down with the reality that someone's someone who was blind was actually healed, even, even if that sounds like a kind of a crazy and not believable story, you can dive into the deeper levels of meaning beyond the literal and ask the question, what does it mean when you cry out to God? And if Jesus is God, if God is Christ-like, then what does it mean that we can expect God to be still and come present to us in our pain, no matter what it is, no matter what it is? There's no selfish need when it comes to God coming present to us in our pain. That's so good. So what do you need to find the courage to name out loud? And what needs to change? What needs to be healed? You know, even as you're, maybe you're out for a walk right now, maybe you just pause, pause the podcast and wonder. Hey, what, what does it mean? What does it mean for us? What does it mean for me to find the courage to name it? 
fight past some of the feelings of, oh, it's selfish or, oh, this is not as big of a deal as somebody else's issues. And get the courage to name your reality, name where you are, and then name what you need out loud to God, to someone else. And see what happens. It's very vulnerable. It's very vulnerable. But what what needs to be healed or what needs to change in your life? Do you, do you know what it is? Do you need to journal for a little bit to kind of plumb the depths and find out? Maybe it's Maybe you know exactly what it is. Maybe you know exactly what it is. But maybe there's just a vague sense of unease that you need to to explore. Maybe there's a deep sadness, that, but you don't know what it's about. Uh, so you want to explore. You need to explore that. I encourage you to do some work around that. Um, maybe it's time to go see a therapist again. Maybe it's time to see a spiritual director. Maybe it's time just for a good conversation with a friend who can listen well. Uh, maybe it's time to spend a couple of mornings or nights journaling about what it is that you think you might need to name out loud. Well, the story ends uh, with a really good news for Bartimaeus. Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed Jesus on the way. That's just great news for Bartimaeus, right? But my third all play question was this, how does this ending land on you? You know, maybe as you turn over your need, your, your need for healing, um, because, you know, naming your, your thing out loud to God is very vulnerable, as I've said, because, you know, what if nothing happens? What if your voice is hoarse from crying out for mercy and naming what needs healing out loud? And, and, and what if nothing has been done? So I think it's fair if this ending, you know, if you're happy for Bartimaeus, uh, but you're a little mad because, you know, this Jesus says your faith has made you well. Well, what, the, 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 you know, does that mean if you aren't getting well that you don't have enough faith? And that, that, that doesn't feel like good news. That feels like shame. Um, so do I need to crank out some more faith? That just feels exhausting. Um, it's okay. It's fair if this doesn't land on you. Or if, if this makes you feel sad, that's fair. If it makes you ache with longing for something that you've been crying out for for a long time and nothing is happening, it's fair if that lands on you in a not great way. Uh, so I think as we think about this story, there's a lot of layers. There's a lot of layers. One layer is about just about the process of asking for healing. So some of us need to really think about that. We need to do some work about naming where we are. And that's just being honest about no pretending that we're somewhere that we're not, really getting as honest as we can about naming where we are. And then getting as honest as we can about naming out loud to God and others what we need. So on one layer, this is, a, this is a story not just about a blind person receiving their sight, but about the process for real healing, or at least the process of requesting healing. Another layer is maybe about sitting with your pain and allowing it to teach you to see differently. Uh, what if you're in the situation where you aren't being healed? and you things aren't changing and what if and this is painful this is hard 
but it's also just part of the human story. There just are times where we have to sit with our pain um, and then ask even our pain to help us see differently. We're can, we're, maybe it's about continuing to ask for healing, continuing to ask for change, continuing to ask for um, something better. But it's about allowing your current pain to teach you to see differently. And I want to, I don't want, I want to make one caveat. If you're in an abusive relationship, uh, then this point is not for you. I, I do not think continuing to receive abuse does anything to teach you anything. Uh, if you're being, if you're in an abusive situation, you need to find a way to get to safety. So please, let's not, let's not misunderstand that one. Uh, I'm more talking about the kind of pain that is just part of the human experience, the kind of pain that um, is just part of reality. A third layer is about maybe finding the courage to trust again, to trust in the goodness of God, that God isn't like the crowds who want to silence you, that God wants to show you kindness and mercy and goodness. If God is really Christ-like, and I believe with all my heart that God is Christ-like, then it is really a process about this story might give you the first little foundation of courage to try to trust in the goodness of God again, that God is not out to hurt you, to harm you, but is eager to provide mercy to you. And then a fourth layer of this story is about learning how to believe people when they cry out. And maybe even to repent of some of the ways that you've perhaps silenced people, perhaps silenced people that were simply trying to name their pain out loud and you, instead of listening and providing mercy, kindness, compassion, maybe you were triggered or maybe you in your own pain had to make your pain bigger than their pain. And, and, and maybe, so maybe there's some forgiveness to be sought out. Maybe you can think of someone for whom you were not a good listener. You were not a mercy giver. And you can just go back and really give a sincere apology. Hey, I, when you poured out your heart to me, I really didn't listen well, and it was really unfair. I'm so sorry. I know that I hurt you probably, and I am deeply sorry. And so that's, that's another layer. And maybe there's another layer that you can think about. This story is so rich, so full of meaning. It's definitely about a blind person named Bartimaeus who received his sight and who received mercy from Jesus. But it's also so many deeper layers about the human um, story that experiences pain and loss and needs to cry out for mercy, needs to cry out for healing, needs to name out loud where they are, needs to name out loud what they need. And it's about understanding that we can do all those things in God's presence. So, you know, instead of reading the Bible through the lens of what it's demanding you to do or the exhausting ways in which we feel like it's commanding us to do this or not do that, consider when you read it, if you read it, consider reading it through the lens of a person who's crying out for mercy and who meets a God who longs to show kindness. So consider if you read the Bible, when you read the Bible, that one of the ways that God longs to show you mercy is in its pages. Um, and that's really what the whole story is about. Amen. Amen.
Thank you for listening to the Genesis West podcast. If, if you, you find, find yourself, yourself nearby, nearby on Sunday, we'd love for you to join us for worship. We meet at Elam Church Center in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. If you, if have, you have any questions or would like to connect with us, please visit us at www.genesiscov.org.